This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 in the Rolling Stones in Rock 102. Aerosmith. Aerosmith, that's what I meant to say. But with Charlie Watts. No, actually, it's uh, Joey Kramer. But nevertheless. Uh, it's going to be another one of them really hot and humid days with no rain in the forecast, but uh, a high of 94. And, uh, you know, I've moved to another studio for uh, health issues and but I'm in the building. Other people are leaving their buildings because of health issues and they ain't coming back. And uh, that's why we're talking to uh, Hamden uh, DA Anthony Galuni today because the courtroom is a mess. The whole building is a mess. He's gone. Uh, now Cheryl Coakley Rivera, the registrar of deeds, has also moved out. And um, it's it's interesting. This could really uh, force the state's hand, so to speak. Well, it's only 20 years past due, so hopefully they can uh, get cracking on that. So we'll be talking to Anthony Galuni later on. Also, we have tickets to see the Dead & Company coming to the Xfinity Theater in Hartford on September 5th. Those tickets will be available for you a little bit later on today. There's that and more on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 in Dire Straits on Rock 102. Going to be another hot one today. According to uh, 22 News' uh, Kelly Clarkson, we're looking at... Um, Reardon. Huh? Reardon. Ah. Uh, we're, we're looking at a, a high today, maybe a 94. The record is 96, and the average high right now is 80. So we're uh, quite a bit above average. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood yeah. 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 You guys want to feel pretty old right now or what? Already do, Steve. Oh, Way yeah. ahead of you. Have for a while. The safety dance came out 39 years ago, and now it's finally time for an update. Men you with mean, it. What? You mean the S-S-S-S-A-A-A-A-F-F-F-F-E-E-E-E-T-T-T-T-Y-Y-Y-Y dance? Yes. That one. That's the one. Men Without Hats reworked the song into a slowed down mid-tempo ballad. The lyrics are the same, but they gave it a new title, No Friends of Mine. Oh, because if they don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. Right. In an attempt to be, I guess, funny, the band said, quote, after filming of the music video for the safety dance, or safety dance, the gesture, the gesture, Jester. and the crazy blonde girl settled down in West Kington. He became the mayor of the town. She stayed at home to raise their family. Forty years later, we go back to visit them with no friends of mine serving as the soundtrack. The same little person and wench. Yes. Wow. I uh, I believe I I have the video right here. In oh, fact, shame we're on the radio. Yeah. Is that the new one? This is uh, the new one. Hmm. I'm down the hall, so I can't see it. Uh, yeah, there's nothing to see here. Yeah, yeah. Let me just uh, fast forward it. We can go where we want to. Oh, boy. No. Jesus. Jesus. What an Man, incredible piece of crap. Hey, remember yesterday we were talking about uh, the Nirvana album? Yes. Yeah, with the baby. The baby and uh, that there was supposed to be a dollar bill sticker covering his genitals. Mm-hmm. The lawyer uh, for this young man who is suing actually claims in court that 
putting that dollar bill there, uh, even though they didn't, if they had, would implicate the uh, baby was a sex worker. No, actually, it uh, it does not. Well, that's that's what the lawyer said. Well, the lawyer would be wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sex it, worker. What it means is someone dropped a dollar in a pool. Yeah. And the baby's yeah. going after it. Yep. Well, either way, I think that guy's got a case anyway. I don't think he's got a leg to stand on, even a middle leg. A third leg yeah. to stand on. Yeah. Uh, Although his parents also didn't get paid. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. There might be well, some legal uh, ramifications to this mm-hmm. whole thing. Uh, Honey Boo Boo is back, y'all. Oh, okay. She'll be 16 years old on uh, Saturday, and she just did a feature along with a photo shoot for Teen Vogue. Oh, and by the way, don't even dare call her Honey Boo Boo anymore. She says, my mama did not name me Honey Boo Boo. My name is Alana. Her full name is Alana Francis Thompson. Great. And sadly, her reality show fame has made it difficult to connect with people at school. Quote, to be honest, I have don't I don't really have friends at all. I don't trust nobody, really. You know, it's uh, it's hard to imagine that uh, to show the world um, your life as a child with uh, with your mom like that, your mama June. Mm-hmm. Would have like a like a negative ramification for the rest of your life. It's, it's hard to imagine that would happen. Well, I mean, even this many years later, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Beaver Cleaver gets along very well with the uh, Ward. Mm. Well, Ward's been dead for years. Well, they, but they were in, they were estranged for many years before that. They never really got along. Did no, they? they did not. Once uh, once Beaver moved out of the house, but mm. one, one thing she does have is a sense of self love. She said, "Quote: Just because I got a little extra meat on my bones, you want to hate me? I'll never get body shamed. I don't care. As long as I like myself, I'm good." So she sounds a lot classier than she used to be. Well, she's grown up a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's had a lot to deal with thanks to the mother's substance abuse issues, but yeah. she seems to have weathered that storm. Well, and she seems highly educated just from your impersonation. Well, hey, uh, just because of the way somebody sounds doesn't mean that they're not educated. Yeah, I mean, we you know we don't have to, we can't judge a book just by its how it sounds on the audio it's tape. Cover, yeah. yeah. I sound uh, normal, and I'm the most undereducated educated person on this show. You just proved it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Olivia Rodrigo had to uh, add Haley Williams in, uh, from Paramore and another writer to her song Good For You to acknowledge that it's an interpolation of the Paramore song Misery Business. It's a what? Interpolation. Uh, I know what Interpol is, but... Uh, what well, is Interpol? It's uh, like a, an international law enforcement agency. It's the insertion of something of a different nature into something else. Oh, 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 oh. I hear what you're saying now, yeah. See, I thought it was the opposite of an outer pole. Uh, outer polation. Yeah, it, it sounds like it would be, but uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, Olivia had to do this uh, with another song last month. She likes to take other people's things and make them her own. <laughs> it's called art, Steve. Is, that's not really art when you're taking somebody else's No, stuff. it's called theft. Uh, Lord stopped using her social media accounts because, quote, I felt like my brain wasn't working very well anymore. But she did keep one account, the New York Times cooking app. The Lord or a Lord? It's just Lord. Lord. She's a singer. L-O-U-R-D-E? L-O-R-D-E. L-O-R-D-E. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Monica Lewinsky is a producer of uh, that new series, Impeachment, and she made the writers keep in the scene where she flashes her thong to Bill Clinton. She says, quote, I shouldn't get a pass because I'm a producer. 
Yeah, she's right about that. Have you seen the show? No. I haven't seen it. I don't I even know what it's on. I don't, I don't know what it's on either. I read an article about it last week, but... Uh, that doesn't make me want to see the show, though. It, it did sound a little interesting, but I think I'd probably wait and um, binge watch it. Although I don't know that it's not been completely released already. Uh, all 61 Marvel movies have been ranked from best to worst, and I will read each and every single one of them. Thank okay. you. Start with the bottom. Yes. Uh, no, we'll just do the three best. The three best are Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, and Logan. And the three worst, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and Elektra. Who's the Logan? Uh, I don't know, but I hear he's nice. Yeah, it's uh, he's a superhero. And uh, what does he do? What are his powers? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Logan him. just doesn't, uh, you know, Aquaman, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Superman. Those are you're, those are different. Uh, those are Justice Hall League of America type of superheroes. Those are, those are the, the, are they Marvel? I don't even know which ones they are. But their superpowers are practically in their name. Aqua, Super, uh, spider Logan? Uh, Logan, uh, it was Hugh Jackman played Logan. He uh, he did Logan things. Oh, played I Played Wolverine, see. too, right? Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Logan. Uh, you know, Logan uh, gets up in the morning. Logan puts his pants on. <laughs> Logan brushes his teeth. <laughs> Logan goes to school. Yeah, right. Yeah. L- Logan matches his fabrics. And, you know, those kinds of things. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. The McDonald's. Oh. Max's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'll be the first to point out that the Boston Red Sox have turned out to be a terrible disappointment. Sure, they were in first place a few weeks ago. Now they're seven and a half games back while the Yankees are on an 11-game winning streak and Tampa leads the division having won their last four straight. And despite the seeming futility that has slowly ripped through the Red Sox clubhouse, at least they're not the Baltimore Orioles. Because you see, Baltimore just finished a 19-game losing streak by winning their first game since August 3rd. Last night, they beat the Angels of Camden Yards by a score of 10 to 6. Pulling the uh, putting the cap on a seriously terrible stretch of horrifying baseball that has led to them falling back 39 games out of first place. Of course, this hasn't been the only astonishing losing streak we've seen this season. You might remember back in June, the Arizona Diamondbacks had lost 17 straight amidst a 24-game losing streak on the road. That's pretty terrible, too. And while it's easy to sit here and complain about the Boston Red Sox, whose longest losing streak of the season ended on August 4th and just five losses in a row, at least we're not as terrible as those other guys. At least we had a chance. Arizona and Baltimore, there was no chance at all. My question is, what's worse? To be in a position to win your division and have it ripped away from you, or to never experience it that thrill at all? Tough question. I'd almost have to be uh, pointing towards the position of never experiencing that thrill at all. That's mostly because it's very difficult to be disappointed when you really don't burden yourself with such distractions like high expectations or ambitions in life. With the Red Sox, they were looking pretty damn awesome there for a while until they didn't. With the Diamondbacks and the Orioles, these multi-game losing streaks are the only excitement you've had all year. I'd also like to know how many games you'd have to lose in a row to stop giving a crap. To me, I'd stop at five, just like the Boston Red Sox. 
for these other guys. They're clearly not happy until they've lost all of them, and they've done a pretty damn good job of almost reaching that goal. But hey, never mind, Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. What kind of mess you got in your hands? What you need is a big nine-gallon Craftsman wet dry vac. That thing sucks. What do you know? It's on sale. Only 50 bucks with your Rocky's Ace Rewards card. The August Flyer is on the Rocky's website, loaded with bargains and available right now, like on the Craftsman wet dry vac. Available at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 and Ozzy Osbourne at Rock 102. It's going to be hot today. There's a heat advisory in effect. Uh, the high of possibly 94 degrees, and there is a chance of a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Uh, but it is uh, 70 right now in downtown Springfield. And the DA, Anthony Galuni, will be joining us after 8 o'clock. Uh, the courthouse is a mess, and we'll be talking about that and the fact that they've already moved down the road. You know, um, when people make a great deal of money, and, and I'm talking, you know, like athletes, entertainers, things like that, uh, certainly they're very good at whatever it is they do, whether they play a sport or they are an entertainer. But the other, obviously, or not obviously, but the other uh, biggest issue is the people who represent them. Um, there was a huge article yesterday in, in the New York Times that I found fascinating, and I'll be lucky if I can remember even five things from it. But it was about Roger Federer. And uh, one of the first things I found interesting about it is he has two sets of twins, both a, a boy set and a girl set. No kidding. Yeah, I thought that was pretty wild. I mean, you know, it's one thing to have twins. It's another thing to have two sets of twins, but you've got one set of boys and one set of girls. That That's like a, that's almost like an experiment right in your house every day. Yeah, what are the odds of that? I know, right? So uh, it talked about how when Roger was first represented by uh, his original agent, he was making okay money, but not very good money. And then uh, he he met, he actually met Tiger Woods and and a few of the other uh, big-named athletes out there. And after the first agent, his father was actually handling uh, handling that job. And the father was doing okay for him because most of this is about sponsorships, endorsement deals, appearance fees, uh, exhibition events around the world. And then when he met Tiger Woods and he changed representatives, he all of a sudden is making a boatload of more money. I think it said that uh, most recently he was up around um, 43 million, I think. For for a year, uh, I I don't know what his yearly is. I know his net worth is about four hundred and fifty million. Yeah, yeah, and and it's because of it's because of who you have. He has uh, IMG now representing him. They're one of the biggest businesses. Yesterday, uh, a story came out, and you know I would like to be the kind of person who congratulates and feels good for people who are successful. <laughs> But, but I don't. But instead, you're so consumed with <laughs> yeah. jealousy and rage that <laughs> exactly. you know, why why bother putting yourself out yep. there like that? Especially if the people are from around here. Um, the other day, Rachel Maddow of MSNBC, who used to work for this company, who used to live in Northampton, you know, right right up the street, um, 
now has the top-rated show on MSNBC, kind of mentioned a week or two ago that she might leave. And obviously that was a ploy because her representatives were in the middle of negotiating a contract with NBC, and she was supposedly thinking about leaving. She talked of having another offer at CNN. So uh, in the negotiations, she ends up coming out of it with a new deal for $30 million a year, and her show will end <sighs> next year. She She's one of these ones who, who her reasoning behind talking about the idea of leaving was because she wanted more personal time, more time with her family, more time away from work. Right. So, they, so they've bumped her up to $30 million a year and cut back her amount of time. When her show ends next year, early next year, uh, she will then do roughly 30 weeks out of the year of weekly programs. For $30 million. Well, look at them. Um, you got to go back here a little bit. Um, when when Tom Brokaw retired as the the uh, the chief anchor of NBC News many, many years ago, you know, he kind of did the same thing. He, I believe, he's, he had a deal going. It was still valid. Said he didn't want to uh, anchor anymore. And they kept him on as like a, you know, special assignment uh not reporter because but a contributor yeah, right rather and and that's what he did i mean he he was still making top dollar because he was tom brokaw and you know his value on nbc is was virtually immeasurable and he was able to do whatever the hell he wanted for you know many years after that you know so i mean you know rachel maddow was probably at this point probably the you know you know the single most recognized person on msnbc she's worth that value $30 million seems a little high, but nevertheless. That's what I'm saying. Nevertheless. $30 you know, the, the, million. The market is different. I mean, you look at what uh, ESPN is doing. You know, Stephen A. Smith signed a $30 million contract. Ugh. And, uh, you know, they bumped out his partner, Max Kellerman, who was making a million dollars a year. And Stephen A. Smith signed something 12 times what his partner was making on that show. Now, granted. How much you making? Virtually the same as you, uh-uh. and uh, but you know, they, but nevertheless, I mean, they bumped him up significantly. Now, granted, you know, he is more of the face of that show than a Max Kellerman is, and Max is leaving to do like an afternoon show and you know ESPN Radio, where you know people go to you know not be seen or heard. And uh, well, look at what they did with Hannity. Hannity's making all this kind of crazy money, and they killed Combs. They killed no, him. No, Alan actually died of. Uh, much different reasons. He he was not killed. He, I I don't know that he, he was very sick and died. I well, but but someone may have sickened him in a in a bad contract yeah, negotiation. No, I, don't, I don't think the contract had anything to do with his death. But but then I was reading something else the other day about uh, these reporters that you see on the networks. The, you know the 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 common ones because what's happening a lot in network television. I've noticed, it, like like all other news. They don't have enough people. They've, they've cut back. So you get more and more stories on NBC and ABC that are being reported by local affiliate reporters as opposed to actual network employees. But those big names, the, 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 not the big, big, not the A team, 
But the B team of network reporters, I was reading something the other day about them making like $160,000, $140,000 a year. That's it. Meanwhile, the guy who's sitting there reading less than 22 minutes worth of script. I, I, I watched this one story that came back after commercials last night on ABC News. It must have been 35 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And a guy like David Muir is making tens of million dollars a year just to read this script. And I realize he does other things, but but his, well, his marquee pri- job. His primary function is to introduce stories yeah. of, f- that are being done by people who are actually doing hard work. Right, who are getting paid uh, 1% of what he gets right. but to the, do that. But the, you have to consider, though, that you know what he's getting paid for is not about necessarily the work he does, but when it comes to the three major networks, there are only three guys that get that job. So the market, women, uh, men and women, men, men and women, and uh, and and the market bears, you know what that job, you know, runs. So it's you know in the millions of dollars. But you look at a a guy like uh, Muir and you say, well, okay, he's okay, but who else? I mean, there's loads of other people that could do. The same exact work. I'm kind of curious, well, and I most likely could Google it, but I'm not going to do that right now. But the fact that um, Nora O'Donnell is a female and working at the third rated of those three networks, you kind of wonder, you know, what's her yearly salary versus Muir versus Lester Holt? And, um, but then, you know, I mean, and a lot of these channels now have 24-hour networks that that these anchors are also responsible for filling some time on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but jeez, uh, thirty million dollars for a gal from the Springfield area. Wow, you know this is uh, again, this is a story from 2019. Mm. So uh, so it's a couple of years old. But Nora O'Donnell back in 2019 was making about seven or eight million dollars a year. Was she anchor then? Um. Yes. Okay. She was. Right. Uh, and I, no. I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Seven. Eight million dollars a year. But yet, Gail. As, as the anchor. As the anchor. All right. But yet, Gail King makes more than she does. Yeah. Yeah. Gail King. Mm-hmm. Go well, figure. I, I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem plausible that your evening news anchor would make less than one of the co-hosts of your morning news show. Um. I mean. I'd be kind of interested to know what Lester Holt was making when Matt Lauer was still there. Uh, well, you know, when Lester came in after Brian Williams got dumped, uh, I wonder if Matt Lauer was probably still making more because your, your morning news show is a greater revenue maker. It It is. And Lauer had been there for a while. Right. And much longer than, than a, uh, Lester Holt, Lester Holt. But, yeah. but Lester is the. The anchor. I mean, was the he's the face of the network, yeah. of of network news. So it's you know it's it's the difference between being a starting pitcher in a five man rotation being considered the ace as opposed to the guy that's a reliever that may you know come in for you know half an inning. But I but I do remember hearing that after uh, Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, and Dan Rather uh, went away. There, there was a huge drop in the amount of money that anchors were going to make. Well, part of that is due to the huge drop of audience mm-hmm. that the major networks get, you know, compared to what it was, you know, prior to you know 
the internet or you know even even less time than that say like 10 years ago it's less people watching the network news now than there used to be simply because they're able to get their news elsewhere and people aren't necessarily waiting for you know the 6:30 news to roll around to get the, to know what's going on in the world you making less than 5 million oh yeah yeah I'm making much less oh. than 5 million interesting <laughs> so are you. No, am I? Yeah, you are. Am I? Yes, you are. Yeah, I am. 624 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Rock 102. Whoa, it's going to be a hot one today. Heat advisory is in effect. A high of 94 and uh, humid and maybe some showers. Now, I'm hoping because last Thursday, everything got canceled. The, the Court Square concert got canceled. The, the Destination Bike Night got canceled. Those two things are supposed to be happening tonight. You'll have uh, Johnny Six Gun down at Court Square and Aquanet at uh, Destination Bike Night, and, and hopefully they will happen, even if there's a shower, nah. because last Thursday was a rainout. I think, uh, listen, we, we can all handle a shower. No, I'm tired of showers. Um, we have tickets to see the uh, the Dead and Company. We'll give those away a little bit later on this morning. They're coming to the Xfinity Theater in Hartford on September 5th. You know, that's another outdoor show. And I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Modern English has backed out of their show at the Big E. Oh, no! Yeah, I know. I know. So they will not be melting with you at the Big E. Well, also, the uh, uh, Board of Health in West Springfield is trying to decide on whether or not Everybody is going to need to be masked at the Big E. And, it, and it's kind of interesting, too, because uh, when does the Big E start? Uh, September. I, I don't know the exact date. Yeah, yeah. Well, the law says that the Board of Health has to post their meetings 14 days in advance. So if the Board of Health is going to meet to decide about whether or not masks are required at the Big E, they have to do it 14 days before the Big E starts, which is usually two weeks into September. Maybe so. someone can uh, devise like one of those masks that has like a trap door so you could fit like a corn dog or a baked potato in there. Uh, a trap door? Well, I just or just put the baked potato in the mask. Yeah, yeah. and just you know, Might eat be a little it. hot. Well, yeah, but it, but it, it, but you can be compliant and get your baked potato at the same time. How are you going to eat a How are you going to eat a frozen chocolate covered banana? The same way you would do uh, otherwise, except now you're putting it in the mask. Not lengthwise. You're going to have a mask sticking eight inches out of your face. You could eat it like a like a cob of corn. Yeah, I don't know about it could that. Be, it could be done. Either way, it's going to look a little weird. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's Joke of the Day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. Yeah, you're worried about things looking weird at the Big E. Uh, hey. Look, look around you when you're down there. Hey, a man thought that he would buy his wife a surprise birthday gift. Yes. So he uh, decides on a bra. That's a surprise. Yeah. He enters a lady's shop, and admittedly, he's rather intimidated, but the uh, sales girl takes charge, and she says, uh, she says, well, what color do you want? And he says, well, oh, white. And uh, so she picks one out, and he says, well, what does that cost? And she goes, $24. And he's like, well, that's a little expensive, but okay, I guess. So now, 
all that's left to decide on is the size. So the woman says to the husband, she says, now, what size breasts would you say she has? And he's like, I don't really know. I don't, I don't certainly don't know the number. And the woman's like, well, are they like a, are they like a pair of melons? Are they like coconuts? Are they like grapefruits? Are they like oranges? And the guy's like, no, no, actually there's, there's nothing like that. And the woman said, well, can you give me a better description of what they might look like? And he's like, I ever seen Cocker Spaniel ears? Oh my God. <laughs> Apparently, Apparently, her breasts resemble like, uh, the ears, ears of Cocker Spaniels. Yes. Booyah! <laughs> it's just about 6.33 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A 34-year-old Holyoke man was arrested on multiple charges after he tried to evade police by ramming several cruisers and later running away on foot. Jose Antonio Feliciano. Jose Feliciano? Is it any surprise that Jose Feliciano would hit police cars? We couldn't even see him on the road. Yeah. Oh, he was so blind. I Uh, mean, even the foot chase must have been very, very brief. Feliz Navidad. Uh Feliz Navidad. Meow, meow, meow. Feliz Navidad. Mm. I don't know how to say the other words. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would guess it's a, a rather short chase when anyway. you're uh, chasing after Jose Feliciano. Feliciano was arrested on a warrant around 9:30 a.m. on Tuesday yeah. morning and charged with additionally uh, with multiple offenses, including assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, failure to stop for police, and uh, carrying a firearm without a license and possession of a firearm with, during a felony. Oh, he's fighting that one. And a possession of a white cane. Uh, used as a weapon. Yeah, was, uh, speaking of blind things, I, uh, it just popped into my head this movie I used to watch all the time called Blind Fury. Mm-hmm. You ever see that? No. I don't, know this, uh, I don't remember what the guy's name was. It was like a martial arts expert. And uh, he's driving a truck. Like it's like an action movie. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, and, uh, and another motorist goes, Hey, buddy, what are you, blind? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those great... Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Cheesy eighty movies. What? Yeah, starring Rutger Howard. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Man, one of, he was my all-time favorite actor. Do you remember that movie? No, I never saw it. Oh, you, ever, you ever see The Hitcher? Boy, that's a funny. Of course, movie. I've seen The Hitcher. That's hundreds of times, thousands. Great. But that was because of C. C. Thomas Howell. Well, see, who would not like C. Thomas? Howell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, Rutger Hauer. Ooh. Yeah, that was a that was one of those. Well, he know, made me a little uncomfortable in Soul Man, to be quite honest with you. Uh, see, Tom. Yes. Yeah, that's what I used to call him. Back C-Tom. Uh, back before hybrid names became a big thing, I was calling him See Tom. Anyway, uh, Feliciano was approached by two Holyoke detectives and refused to comply with their orders, mainly because he couldn't see them. Yeah, he then rammed right. several law enforcement vehicles around him to escape. You he- see, folks, these jokes are hilarious because Jose Feliciano. Is blind he and very old. Was blind. Yes. Oh, is he uh, passed? Uh, I thought I read that he died in a car accident back in 2014. Will you stop? Well, really? He was not the driver. <laughs> uh, and I forgot that Rutger Hauer passed away at the age of 75. Actually, Steve, uh, Jose Feliciano is still very much alive. Well, who was the one I just read about that was dead? Uh. Jose. When you say the one, the one what? 
Uh, Jose Feliciano. I don't know who that was that said he was dead. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody's uh, Jose Feliciano, the singer, is uh, 75 years young yeah. next month. The exact age that Rutger Howard died at. Uh, that's a shame. That is a shame. It's I wonder if the two of them ever hung out. Nah, probably not. They just seem like two very different guys. Anyway, uh, Feliciano was eventually able to accelerate his vehicle to the point he fled the area at a high rate of speed with no regard for safety of the public. After a brief uh, pursuit through the flat section of the city, he stopped the Toyota on Lyman Street and fled on foot. Officers assisted by East Hampton Police canine officer were able to track and arrest Feliciano. They also recovered a 9mm semi-automatic handgun. That's kind of presumptive. What is? That he had no regard for, uh, what would you call it? Public safety. Public safety. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when I you're mean, driving recklessly like that, well, you know, what, where does it show any regard? You know, if, if, it's, uh, if it's a very sparsely uh, populated area. Wait a minute. Sparsely mean a lot or la- little? Little. Little. Yeah. If it's a sparsely populated area, late at night. You you could have very good regard for public safety. You, you, know, you just uh, you just need to get the hell out of here. But it's the flats. Yeah, a few more people uh, living on the flats. I don't know. I think still, you don't know the man's uh, mindset. Uh, Springfield City Councilors say Eversource owes the city of Springfield millions of dollars in personal property taxes and interest charges. That's according to a statement issued by Sp- uh, Springfield City Councilors Tim Allen. And Mike Fenton, they said that Eversource owes the city of Springfield nearly $44 million in personal <laughs> property and uh, interest charges. Damn. The counselors say this is the result of Eversource allegedly not paying its personal property taxes in full for, the most, for most of the last decade. Most of the last decade? Uh-huh. Uh, and 22 News reached out to Eversource, and in a statement, a spokesperson said, Pard, we are one of the largest taxpayers in the state as well in the city of Springfield, and we we'll always pay within accordance of Massachusetts regulations. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised pers- they got that far. Usually if I have to call Eversource, it's like, we're sorry, we're very busy right yeah. now, but your phone call is important to us. That's Priscilla Ress uh, making that statement. And uh, nevertheless, Priscilla, if you owe taxes, pay up. I don't know if uh, Priscilla's writing the checks. Well, I'm sure she knows who is. I don't think it was her that they got the info yeah, it was. from. Yeah, it's well, probably, I saw it on 22. Well, then how come they just say the spokesperson? Uh, because they don't like her, maybe. Because she was uh, the competition. Now, isn't it interesting? And I'm not, you know, listen, I, I like Priscilla Rush. She's a nice lady. But isn't it interesting? Now, here's a woman that spent a good deal of her broadcast career, uh, you know, you know, experience. Exposing like you know corruption and and uh, you, you know uh, you know you know people that weren't uh, operating on the up and up people weren't paying their taxes and here she is representing a company that hasn't done the same. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then trying to get away with it by saying we're one of the largest taxpayers in the state. No, you're one of the largest tax owers. <laughs> yes. I mean you know your tax bill may be higher than anybody else's, but if you're not paying it. Then you're not one of the highest taxpayers. Yeah. In, order, in order to be the highest taxpayer, yeah. you actually have to pay yeah. the tax that you owe. That's a tactic by companies is to hire people who uh, were, you know, normally would have gone after them in the past. Right. Hey, you work for us now. Yeah. Now, now you, you got to talk good about us. Yeah. Now you now you got to cover up all the uh, the lies and the cheating that we do. That we've been doing for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. That well, you almost caught us on a few years ago, by the way. 
There are some general contractors she that went after in the nineties. Those be laughing and laughing. That's like when they when they hired uh, Ryan Walsh at the Springfield Police. They're like, who can we get that wouldn't know a thing? Ryan oh, Walsh. Ryan Walsh. Ryan Walsh <laughs> doesn't seem to know much. <laughs> Another uh, Springfield man is facing firearms charges after police discovered four ghost guns. Ooh, ghost guns, including an automatic-style rifle during a traffic stop this week. Mass State Police identified the person arrested as 29-year-old Kristen Avila. He was booked at the Westfield Barracks on $10,000 bail and later arraigned in Chicopee District Court. Avila faces multiple criminal charges, including three traffic violations and one drug offense and over 15 charges for the illegal possession of firearms. Get this, at midnight on Tuesday, a trooper uh, patrolling on I-90 in Westfield, which was partially closed for construction work, noticed a vehicle traveling in the construction zone. You're not supposed to do that. Wait wait, wait a minute. Uh, What do you mean? A trooper was patrolling on I-90 in Westfield, which was partially closed for construction work, and noticed a vehicle traveling in the construction zone. That that could mean that you know, partially closed means the left lane was closed, and this guy might have been driving in the right lane, which was open. Oh, it's partially like he closed. Was driving in the closed construction. No, area. it's it's that whole you know that whole space where they tell you fines double and and slow down. That's considered the construction space. The uh, trooper saw a rifle in the back seat in plain view, which Avila claimed was an air rifle. Further investigation revealed that the rifle was, in fact, a reel and loaded with a round ready to fire. State police said Avila did not have a license to carry. Three additional guns, 9mm pistols, were also found on the floor of the back seat, along with an additional AR-15-style upper receiver, numerous rounds of ammunition, and spent shell casings. Where was he shooting them off? Probably at the construction site. <laughs> or planning to. Well, Which slows so. down construction yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I gotta tell you, you, you leave uh you leave uh, loose items like that on your back seat, you gotta hit the brakes. That stuff's gonna go flying. Oh, True. of course it does. Yeah. yeah. Well it's just physics right there. You gotta well it's, it's but when they're guns, I mean you gotta be careful. I, I mean, don't you don't you normally leave your loaded illegal firearms in the trunk of the car? Just no, so that's that... where you leave your loaded legal firearms. Your uh, illegal I... ones usually go in the car with you. I don't know. I mean, I try to keep them, you know, away from view at all times. Well, that's what I mean. So you throw a blanket over them. But again, the more turns you take, the more braking you do, the more likely that uh, blanket is going to uh, readjust. I guess. I guess I just don't know enough about gun running. Well, start studying up before you talk about it. Yeah, we should uh, take a class in gun running. <laughs> this gotta, I'd rather take one in rum running. Yeah, there's got to be some of like adult education courses where you know you can take like uh, algebra, history, gun running. Uh, the Hamden County District Attorney announced Wednesday he will be removing his staff from the Roderick Ireland Courthouse due to concerns of poor conditions. So soon. I mean, you've kind of known about this for a while, right? A statement that released yesterday said the Roderick Island Courthouse is closing temporarily to address issues in the building. The trial court has contracted an environmental testing firm and is arranging for a licensed mold abatement company to work in the building to assess and address the issues that have been identified. The uh, trial court uh, will have the trial court will determine the ability to reopen once those assessments have been completed. The trial court is the state body that oversees all the courts um within the state but uh 
it's kind of ironic too, you know, because I mean, just a couple of days ago, they had to close the Eastfield Mall uh, movie theater that is being used as uh, as a courtroom for the very same reason because of mold issues. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested. I mean, I really I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking with Anthony because uh, I see what he's doing, and it is kind of interesting. It, it if you read the article in Mass Live this morning, you, you see how many years this issue has been going on for and it's not just about mold and and this building is seemingly unsafe in a number of different ways and this state has many times done studies and never moved forward on any of the findings or spent any money of, of a substantial amount no, but or they, done anything towards either renovating or tearing it down and building a new one. But if they had the same kind of contamination problems in a uh, in a courtroom in Boston, mm-hmm. that would have been mowed down already. So you 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 know so not only has Anthony taken his <laughs> uh, first of all, I didn't even realize the DA had offices in Tower Square. So I I, I thought you know maybe they all just left, but then it's like well they got to have phone lines in there, they got to have internet in there. They already have an office there. And now Cheryl Coakley Rivera, the uh, and I don't know why this seems so interchangeable. She's either the registrar of deeds or the register of deeds, but she's also left the courthouse and said she's not going back. And, and the other weird thing is, is that they've left to other cities. I mean, it's not just going to Court Square. Um, I have it written here somewhere that... Uh, they're going to either Westfield or Chicopee. Mm. Much of Cheryl's operation will be moved to a satellite office at the Westfield City Hall, and staff will also work in a space in Chicopee City Hall. So, you know, they're, they're going to another town. But you, you wonder, with the trials at the movie theater and the DA and Registrar of Deeds leaving, can there be uh, a judge who can deem the building unsafe and unusable. Can a judge do that? That's what I, I mean. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know who, who would do that. I don't know. And that's one of the things I want to ask Anthony. First, I want to know if he knows any judges. Uh, but then also, you know, to find out, can a judge just shut this place down on an emergency basis? Because it looks like it's the only way to get the trial court to do anything about this situation. And, and and Cheryl says, you know, she doesn't even want the trial court involved anymore. She wants the governor to step in and take care of this. Uh, well, who was the judge that passed away recently? Uh, judge Boyle. Judge Boyle. Judge Boyle. So, yeah. well, you know, you think somebody would have already stepped in and said something? Well, and his like predecessor, who shared the same office and died of the same thing, was also another good example. I mean, you can't make a direct causation, but it's enough coincidence to say. Maybe we really should be doing something. But, you know, but, but even without, you know, those two incidents, uh, you know, they've been talking for years about mm-hmm. how, you know, the building is inadequate and how, you know, it, it's, you know, structurally unsound and it's not safe. And there's, you know, there's, di- you know, there's, you know, there's different kinds of, you know, toxic uh, substances within the building. It's like, you know, we have known about this for an extended period of time and yet, the state ignores it. And that's but why I'm curious as to whether or not, you know, can Anthony, can a judge either shut it down or can they refuse to go back into the building? Is there somebody in Boston who's going to, 
you know, take them to court and make them go back to it. These guys said, know, but, no, we're not going back in. But but someone clearly needs to force the hand of the state to take this seriously because it's it's long overdue. But what I also want to ask Anthony that I don't completely understand either is, you know, when they shut down the federal court building on Main Street because that new one opened up, um, you know, how much renovation did they do? Because, I mean, that place had holding cells. It had sally ports. It, you know, it was designed for uh, court, for trials, and and for um, holding of prisoners. Well, I don't know who these Sally people are you're talking about. Sally but... Port. She's a, a larger girl. But smart as a whip. Yes, yes. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 94. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 89. It's 68 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Uh, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 6.53 in the Who on Rock 102. It is going to be a hot one today. Uh, there's a heat advisory in effect. Uh, some people are even saying the chance of afternoon thunderstorms, which usually there could be with this kind of humidity. Um, but otherwise it's going to be a pretty dry day. Uh, and then tomorrow, um, what did I say? I, I have it written down somewhere. Uh, trying to remember if it was more the same or cause there's a chance. I mean the, uh, the weekend now tomorrow's sun and clouds in 92, but the weekend, uh, looks like it's going to be cooling down highs near 80. Yeah. Boy, that's going to be, uh, <laughs> going to be freezing. I'm going to have to grab a coat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as we talked about before, uh, Anthony Galuni, Hamden DA, is going to be on the phone with us. Phone with us? On the phone? Yeah. Oh, Probably on the, the phone. phone. I can't imagine yeah, him going out here. Well, I don't know. He doesn't have an office to go to at the courthouse. so uh, well, you know. It doesn't mean he's driving aimlessly around the city. Yeah, he said, uh, hey, Steve, you know what? Uh, I've had enough mold at the Roderick Island courthouse. Mm. I'd love to come to the mold infestation <laughs> at 45 <laughs> Fisher Avenue. Yeah. Could, I, could I please come in there and I'll, breathe that I, in? I want to do like a comparison contrast type of uh, thing where I see who's got better quality mold. The uh, uh, Speaking of... Uh, either mold or health or stuff like that, uh, there's been a spike in uh, Granville of COVID cases. And they did a, an interview yesterday on 22 News with what they referred to as a member of the Granville Board of Health. And I, and I thought, you mean that is the Board of Health? <laughs> I don't think there are members of a Board of Health in a town the size of Granville. I'm thinking there is a health director... And that's it. That's a that's a town of just over fifteen hundred people. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even when uh -huh. you say there's a COVID spike, mm -hmm. that could be it could mean as little as ten percent, two, two people, <laughs> or it could be ten percent, well, as much as one hundred and fifty people. Uh, even, even that, I think, would be uh, would be too much. Well, it's like it's like uh, you know when I was on Block Island last month, uh, the Airbnb that I was renting, the woman who owned it was the school principal. The School principal. <laughs> it was the one school, yep. K through 12, that had 140-something students. Yeah. So you must have had a graduation class of three. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been bigger, but there were some dropouts. Mm -hmm. It's 656 of Axon O'Brien of Rock 102. Rock 102's Classic Rock Summer is driven by Leah Toyota of Wilbraham. Experience the difference quality, service, and price. 
all at Leah Toyota of Wilbraham. It's happening now through Labor Day weekend. All you need to do is listen to Rock 102 all summer long and get ready to pounce when your opportunity to grab your share of the summer stash of prizes presents itself. Plus, we're giving away a $25 gift card to The Hangar every weekday through Labor Day. If you'd like to take a shot at winning, you need to register at rock102.com. Then listen to Pat Kelly every weekday afternoon to see if you've won. It's the classic rock summer driven by Leah Toyota of Wilbraham on Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. John, the fall flavors are out at Dunkin' like the brand new Apple Cranberry Dunkin' Refresher. Yeah, it's the earliest they've ever put these things out, and... Uh... The Honeycrisp apple and cranberry flavors are made with green tea or coconut milk. Now, we've already talked to you about the uh, about the coconut milk and how uh, good that is for you. You can also uh, pair them with a classic and sweet apple cider donut. <laughs> I don't like that. I know they got you covered on every on every front. Or or fall into the uh, fall into flavorful with the new apple cranberry Dunkin' Refresher or apple cider donut. America runs on Dunkin'. Apple cranberry flavored drink, 0% fruit juice. Price participation may vary. It's a limited time offer and exclusions apply. Hi, Jeff. From the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Woodfire Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, in these troubled pandemic-laden times, finding good service can be sometimes hard to come by. Whether you're conducting your business at a local slop house or some seedy neighborhood watering hole, all of them are struggling to accommodate the ongoing shortage in labor. So whenever I'm getting astonishingly bad service, I tend to check my anger at the door and use my keen powers of empathy and compassion to not lose my crap in these sort of situations. Sadly, not everybody has the ability to remain calm at all times, such as uh, WBC middleweight champion Jamal Charlo, who was arrested yesterday following an incident that occurred last month in San Antonio, Texas, where he allegedly may or may not have been guilty of three counts of felony robbery uh, and uh, during a dispute with a waitress over an unpaid bar tab. According to reports, Jamal uh, was in town to watch his younger brother Jamel fight an undisputed junior mil- uh, middleweight championship fight against Brian Castano, but that's neither here nor there. The problems come when Jamal attempted to pay what is described as a large bar tab with a credit card that was declined three times. The waitress explained the card had been rejected, and Charlo then accused the waitress of losing the card and insisting that she pay the bar tab. He then grabbed her binder, rifled through it looking for his credit card, and then threatened to then, and I'm paraphrasing here, cause significant damage through acts of unrestrained violence. In Texas, that sort of thing is against the law and is seen as a second-degree felony. Again, while staffing shortages being what they are, how can we really expect that every waitress is going to know how to diplomatically point out that you've either failed to pay your monthly minimum on your credit card or that you've exceeded the maximum amount of credit on your card? Is it really her fault that you've fallen in arrears with your creditors? I would say no. But I'm not in the position for that sort of embarrassing scrutiny. Unfortunately, that sort of scrutiny also comes with a possible 20-year sentence and a $10,000 fine, which I assume is a little bit more than the balance in the bar tab, but possibly less than your credit limit. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. A wood fire, that's a way to cook. With a Traeger wood fire grill from Rocky's, you can roast a pork butt slow and low or grill a steak hot and fast, burning hickory wood pellets or apple or mesquite. You're going to love your Traeger wood fire grill that you got this week from your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware.
I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and Ario Speedwagon on Rock 102. Just got a notification from Mass Live. Today could feel as hot as 101. Ooh, just short so, of 102. So close. I know. I know. So close. But you know what? If I'm indoors, I'm not going to feel it. So that's my plan. So, uh, you know, I was talking, I've, I've been talking over the last few months about my fixation for some reason on some of these uh, prescription drug commercials that they show on TV. And and one of them, uh, for instance, was uh, Sarkozy. Now, Sarkozy is the name that you are... No, that was the character played in Fast Times at Ridgemont High by Sean Penn. Yeah, no, uh, that was uh, Spicozzi, but you're close. Spicoli. Uh, Spicoli. Um, the, uh, uh, what was I saying? The, um, the drugs have a name for marketing purposes. And somewhere, someone, or a bunch of someones, sit around and try and come up with these names. Even though it's not the pharmaceutical name of the drug. And for instance... The uh, Pfizer vaccine, now that it has been approved by the FDA, has had its name changed to Comirnaty, C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y, Comirnaty. Okay. The name is, and, and this is the thought process that obviously goes through the heads of either marketing departments or or whomever. This is... Uh, a quote from the Brand Institute President of Operations and Communications. The name Comirnaty is coined from COVID-19 immunity. Then they embed the mRNA, which was part of the study of the drug, which is the platform technology. And as a whole, the name is meant to evoke the word community. That's how they come up with Comirnaty. <sighs> I I I, uh, I I forget which company, and it wasn't it wasn't just a pharmaceutical company. It was a totally different company that decided that, in spite of their success, and there was a lot, what they really need was a similar rebranding and a new name that would bring e- everyone together. Mm. And uh, I mean, you've seen it in a number of different industries you know everything from you know broadcasters to food companies uh, you know, to whatever it may be yep. you know the the name that you've grown accustomed to isn't good enough mm-hmm. and that the problems with the company aren't necessarily the goods or services that they are involved in but it's the name yeah yeah and and no matter how what kind of hoops they went through to come up with the name Comer Naughty? Yeah. 99% of the people are still going to call it the Pfizer vaccine. That's it. That's, That's all. the way they're going to know it. Yeah. The, I mean, um, when you, when you, uh, when you uh, buy yourself a box of Kleenex, you're buying it because it's Kleenex, not because it's a Kimberly Clark product. You're also buying, but there are a lot of people who buy tissue that say they're getting Kleenex. It's like Band-Aids. Exactly. The brand name is a generic name for the product which is all the more reason to figure out that if it's not broken yeah. don't mess with it um meanwhile as far as covid goes uh, a meeting among public health officials educators parents and connecticut governor ned lamont yesterday ended about a half hour early when parents opposed to the state's school mask policy made their opinions known 
in addition to the governor, there were local educators there. There was the commissioner of education. There was the school superintendent leader. Uh, this happened down in uh, the area of Cheshire, Connecticut. The Cheshire superintendent chaired the meeting, which took the form of a series of questions to members of the roundtable on topics about vaccine protocol. In his opening remarks, the governor said he was here to listen. Well, he got an earful because when they finally turned it on to public comment, it only lasted a couple of minutes. And he didn't want to hear anything. They couldn't hear anything because everybody was yelling over each other. The meeting had to be stopped and, uh, and, and it was ended. And, you know, it's, I've gotten a couple of pieces of email over the last couple of days for, for my opinions, which I, I still stick to. You know, I, I don't understand the people who don't want to get the vaccine. And, and every single night I see a story of an individual who is in the hospital dying and the healthcare worker who's being interviewed says, you know, now they are begging us for the vaccine and they just don't get that it's too late. And the people who argue, and, and I got into this in an email with a listener yesterday, the people who argue, it's my right to decide what to do and what to put in my body or my children's bodies. And to that, I would, I would normally say you're, you are absolutely right. I could not agree with you more, but when your right infringes on the common good, then it's different. If you don't want to take the vaccine, you need to ensure that you will not be around people that have the vaccine or don't, that you will not be around people. That you will live in a bubble. You don't go to work. Your kids right. don't go to school. You don't entertain. That fine. You don't want to take the vaccine. Stay away from everybody else. The way I heard it described uh, yesterday, and I heard this online, and it was like, I, I mean, I don't know who's going to buy into this and who's not going to buy into this, but the 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 rationale is that it is perfectly fine to say I do not feel that you have the right to impose what I do for me. Like I, you know, you know mm -hmm. I get to decide what happens to me. I don't necessarily necessarily get to decide what happens to you. And I want to do whatever I can to not put you or the people I care about, my loved ones, my coworkers, extended family, or anyone I spend time with at risk. So it's it's you know why I can understand. I think you're right. When it when it talks about you know the the, the public risk of non-compliance, you know not getting vaccinated, refusing to wear masks, not distancing, and then people get sick and wonder, gee, maybe I made a mistake, or or some people who will say I'm still glad I didn't uh, you know get the vaccine despite the fact I've now gotten COVID twice. Yeah, well, you know, there, and and there are, there are plenty of people you know who are who are hanging on to that. But you know my personal belief is. Uh, and the reason that I got the vaccine is that I care about other people other than just me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get sick, but I don't want the burden or, you know, the uh, or, or the, uh, the the lack of consideration that my behavior or my decisions about what I do with me have negatively affected the people I care about. And that's the irony here, because I don't care about other people 
And yet I got the vaccine as well yeah, because... But, you, but, you, but you're in a different situation. I mean, right, yes, right. you are the most selfish person I know. But more importantly, I mean, you do have compromised immunity. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can understand the feeling of I need to protect me because while COVID may be uh, you know, survivable for most people who get it, you may not be as lucky because you've got a lot of other things working against you. So yeah. I can understand the uh, the I don't want to say self-absorption because that that's really not what this is about. But I can understand the individuality of your choices based upon your your background. But I have a hard time for myself. Again, these are all individual choices that people are making for myself. I want to protect the people around me every bit as much as I want to protect myself. They did. Uh, they did another story last night on uh, on. NBC News, I think it was. And and again, you know, I, I can't say it enough. I do agree that we do have the right to personal choice until it starts to affect others. And it can affect others in any number of ways. And they keep showing every night these absolutely exhausted, push-to-the-wall healthcare workers, nurses, doctors, uh, all the people that are working around COVID patients. And one of them they interviewed last night said, I, I don't think what people realize either is, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago, even the people who've had COVID that still don't want the vaccine. Those are people who maybe had a mild form, maybe never became symptomatic. But these people that are in the hospital, these ones that are on respirators, they were saying, people don't understand, this is not a pleasant death. This, this can be, I mean, you hear stories of people who do die very quickly from COVID, right. but you also hear stories of people who linger for a long time. And they said, this is the most painful form of death I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have some, uh, some people on, uh, on hold here. Rock, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Hi there. My name is Leanna. Hi Leanna. What's up? Um, so I, first off, I just want to say that I got vaccinated However, with the studies that are coming out, people who are vaccinated can still spread it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what is the incentive when you were you guys were saying, get vaccinated so you can protect other people? Well, if you're vaccinated and you can still spread it. Because in order, because in order to get ahead of it, more people have to be vaccinated. To avoid creating new variants, new and dangerous variants, and they also—that's that's part of the science of, of of all this that a lot of people don't understand. Yes, you are protecting yourself, but by making sure that other people around you are also protected, you eliminate a good deal of risk of having this turning to something much worse. And it also pretty much guarantees that you won't be hospitalized and you won't die from it. You you could still pass it. You could still catch it. With the vaccine, but but they say the vaccine prevents you from getting sick enough to go to the hospital and you won't die. Right, but that's about me, not about other people. And like I said, I'm vaccinated. Right. Quite honestly, I stopped following the news on this because it's he said he said she said at this point. Yeah, I'm so, looking at yeah, you on the yeah. phone talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 
I know. We appreciate the call. You know, like one of the things you hear about, you know, people saying, well, you know, I have a right to, to do what I want to do. I have, you know, these constitutional protections. And that's true. But any constitutional scholar will tell you that the Constitution is always challenged up until the point where your constitutional rights infringe upon the rights of others. Yeah. And it, whether it's speech or, uh, you know, right to free assembly or, you know, whatever it may whatever it may be, the moment those constitutional rights affect the constitutional rights of others, then that's what you have a problem with. So, you know, some people are hanging there their decisions on, you know, the Constitution and, you know, who's to, who's to say the government can tell me that there are mandates? Well, yes, but do you put other citizens at risk by not uh, getting vaccinated, by not wearing your mask? We don't know enough about the science of this thing to say for sure, but, in, but, but short of that, to me, it's like, okay, maybe I'm putting myself at risk by being vaccinated, but I'd almost rather take that on for myself then spread something worse to somebody else. Yeah. Did you see uh, the irony again of uh, Delta Airlines announced yesterday that uh, their employees, while they will not be mandated to get the vaccine, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to be expected to pay $200 a month more for your health insurance. And the reason why they're worried about it is the Delta variant. This is Delta Airlines. Yes, such irony. That's, it, it, that's it, weird. Who, who knew that they were going to name a variant after an airline? I mean, what happens when the Frontier variant comes out? You're absolutely right. Good, good. What good, about good the point. Southwest variant? Well put. It's 723 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. So Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. You know, if you ever miss a Bax and O'Brien show, you don't have to worry about it. You can always go to BaxandO'Brien.com and download the daily podcast. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you can also check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week, uh, drummer Hugo Burnham from the uh, the band Gang of Four. He's a professor at Endicott College in uh, in Beverly, Mass. That's crazy. It is pretty crazy. So, and it's a it's a very interesting interview, and that's available. You can also check out some of the older ones too, like Jerry Harrison from the Talking Heads, Andy Summers from the Police, Frank Hannon from Tesla. Uh, Rob Halford from Judas Priest, they're all available on BaxandO'Brien.com. So uh, it turns out that uh, probably almost simultaneously, as we were talking about the vari- the uh, Delta variant and Delta Airlines, um, the Today Show was doing the very same story. And I may have misspoken about one thing in particular. Uh, I don't remember if I said it's, they're going to charge the unvaccinated employees $200 a month more for health insurance. I, I don't know if I said week. But it's two hundred dollars a month more because they're basing it on the average hospitalization for COVID now is fifty thousand dollars per person. So they're trying to offset that. But another point that they made in the story, which I don't know if I ever remember hearing about this, that there were insurance companies out there uh, at some time that uh, raised your rates if you were a smoker. I don't. I don't um, remember that. Yeah. But, well, I know. I know. For like uh, our company, we get a credit if you are a non-smoker. You do? Yes. All right. Well, then, you know that kind of does. But again, we're talking about a pandemic here. You know, and smoking is not a pandemic, and and alcohol is not a pandemic, and and any number of other behavioral although, things. Although more people die from those things than even COVID. Yeah, but you know it. 
at what point do you want to stop or prevent insurance companies from being able to set their rates based on behavioral issues, voluntary behavioral issues? I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, some of it I, I understand and some of it I, I, I simply don't think is fair because, mm. I mean, you can be, uh, I mean, you could be overweight and still be technically very healthy. Right. You know. Uh, but they're going to charge you because you're not at the BMI you're supposed to be? Well, no one's at their BMI yeah. that they're supposed to be. Yeah, I know. I mean, really. I mean, who who is really, who's really at their optimal BMI? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, I, I don't like the idea of, you know, and and uh, look at me. I'm I was not a sun worshiper. I didn't lay out in the sun covered in baby oil when I was a kid. No, I know people who have died of lung cancer never smoked a cigarette in their life. Um, so you know, just because you participate in one particular behavior doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die or get sick from it. So I don't know that the insurance company should have that right. It's seven twenty nine. News is next on Rock one hundred two. 731 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. All month long, receive 40% off installation of windows, doors, and Yankee Home signature one-day bath system. Always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Two people were taken to an area hospital after a motor vehicle crash on Carew Street in Springfield last night. According to fire officials, the two individuals had to be extricated from their vehicles after a car and truck collided at the uh, intersection uh, on Dwight Street just before 5 p.m. They suffered non-life-threatening injuries, and both are expected to survive. It was the uh, the day of the pickup truck, though, because there was an accident earlier in the day uh, at 6.30 uh, oh, p.m. Oh, uh, I thought it said a.m. Uh, that was a uh, motorcycle. A.m. p.m. or separate knob? Why separate knob? Why separate knob? It was a motorcycle and a truck. Oh, jeez. See, when they collide... Uh, the motorcycle doesn't really fare that well. Yeah, usually not, the truck wins. Not thing, usually, yeah. But non-life-threatening injuries in that one, too. So, Oh, that's good. Uh, with a large number of retailers in town and the start of the Big E looming, the Board of Health in West Springfield is considering a face mask mandate to help uh, curb the spread of COVID-19. Dr. Heather Sankey, the board's chair, said at a special meeting uh, of the board on Wednesday that she feared the September 17th through October 3rd fair could become a super spreader event. I'll have the soup, please. <laughs> super spreader. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. spreader. Is that stanky ah. sanky, by the way? No, that's swanky sanky. No, no, that's the coffee. Very much, much better dressed. You're thinking of the coffee that those uh, people drink. No, no, Steve, that's sanka. Yeah. No, you're thinking of what happened to the uh, the Titanic. No, it's sank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, she said uh, it could hurt our town in a big way. I'm very worried about this. She noted attendance was low at the recent world's largest pancake breakfast in Springfield, adding she hoped the fair would not draw excessively large crowds. Well, the, the other thing, too, that I wonder about <laughs> is you, they keep talking about, you, you hear this over the years, about how each of those state buildings is owned by the state that mm -hmm. it's named for. Yes. So... You, you wonder if if one state doesn't have a mask mandate, mm -hmm. are you then exempt if the Big E has a mask mandate that says you have to wear a mask everywhere on the grounds, but the building, the state of the building that you're in doesn't have that mandate, are you allowed to then take it off? That's an interesting, That's a uh, very argument. interesting question. Mm. 
Um, Why don't you get Gene Cassidy on the phone and have him answer that? And then all of a sudden you see the uh, the New Hampshire building with ICU beds uh, loaded outside, filling up out and spilling out into the streets. Yeah. Then yeah. what are you going to do? Good right. question. You can't bring those bodies over to Massachusetts. No, nope. you can't. Or even to a medical examiner's office. The uh, Board of Health is planning a public hearing days before the start of the fair and could vote soon after to require masks indoors and at large outdoor events. Uh, after that hearing, the hearing has to be legally posted 14 days in advance. So you can't really do it two days before the event. Right. You got to have that hearing in the next week. Board members also agreed to ask those planning large gatherings to submit a COVID mitigation plan to the Department of Public Health. The Big E, which drew more than 1.6 million visitors in 2019, has extensive guidelines and protocols in pla- place for staff, vendors, and visitors on its website. Guests who are not fully vaccinated are encouraged to wear a mask or face covering while on fairgrounds. A mobile but, vaccination clinic will set up shop at the fair, too. But I got to believe, you know, as as uncomfortable as some people are with masks, that uh, either Gene or whoever else would be affected by this would prefer to have a biggie where everyone has to wear a mask all the time rather than not have a biggie. Yeah, yeah, I would think that he, he that's how he would feel. You're, uh, you have to figure out which way the profits are going to go. If you don't require a mask, then you have a certain portion of the population that would normally go to the Big E not go to the Big E because they don't want to catch a Delta variant. Mm-hmm. If you require masks, then you uh, isolate a portion of the population that doesn't want to be told what to do especially in an outdoor setting right so they're not going to go yeah so what do you do what do you do and you got to think about money because that's what it comes down well, to in the well, end they it typically really do over there which is why i would imagine you know the mask will be exempted whether when you're eating or drinking so in order to offset that profit loss that $11 martini may now be 15 or 18 dollars but you know, I don't know if i've ever been to the biggie where i wasn't eating yeah. So if I'm eating the entire time that I'm at the Big E, mm-hmm. I don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, and I don't even know how you would enforce that. I only put the mask on when I'm waiting in a three-hour line for a baked potato. If you're constantly walking around with some kind of item of food in your hand. Yeah. But it's got not, 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 it's not carrying food. It's eating food. Yeah, but you carry and eat. You don't. Uh, you were walking around when we made that video with that big corn dog out of your mouth. If you know what I'm you know saying. You know what? Maybe maybe you can't. Like at MGM, when they were giving out drinks, you could not get up and walk around the room. Yeah, because there wasn't that many people inside MGM yeah, where you could yeah. police that at that yeah. time. Yeah. I don't. Wait, is it still the same rule now there? At I'm MGM? not sure. But either way, I mean, you're talking. You know, a uh, hundred thousand people at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you going to police that? You don't have enough staff to to take care of. Uh, hey, you walking with those onion rings? Go sit down or put your mask on. Yeah, you know what? But they're poppies. If you're walking around eating without a mask on, you should be tased. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Well, why not? We uh, uh, might be a little over I'm, overhanded. I told you last hour I'm going to use my mask as a food trough. Mm. I'm just going to put the food in the mask, put it over my face, and eat right through it. Yeah. How are you going to eat chowder like that? You ever think about that? How are you going to eat chowder? Slowly. I'll sip. I was in a uh, a business the other day where this kid sneezed mm-hmm. into the mask. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I hate that. Uh, 
and they just kept on talking like nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want to go empty that or clean it or change it? Turn it inside out? A uh, Western Massachusetts high school is having to make arrangements as teachers return to the school while the town is under a boil water notice. On Monday, Palmer announced it was under a boil water notice due to detecting E. coli in the water. What exactly are they benefiting by? I saw that yesterday in a headline. A Western Massachusetts high school. Can't you just put Palmer High School? Pathfinder Regional. Pathfinder Regional. Because those are two that's, different that's high schools. That's how they hook you into the uh, Oh, I see. That's how they hook you into the story. Okay. Because in order to get you to read it, they don't want to tell you too much in the headline. Well, hey. plus it's a town with two high schools. Yesterday, there was a headline on Mass Live, or maybe it was 22, but any either way, it said... Uh, uh, th- some message uh, or some states are offering uh, extra supplements for uh, child care or something, and then you click on it, and you're like, Massachusetts isn't one of them. Then why are you putting the story <laughs> up on there? Well, because people buy our newspaper or watch our TV channel in Connecticut. <laughs> I guess so. We don't go there to cover stories, but we do expect to have viewers there. Anyway, uh, do not drink your water without boiling it first, the town's website states. Teachers returned to Pathfinder Regional Vocational Technical for a professional development this week ahead of students arriving on Friday. With the return of staff and students to the school, the district is bringing in alternative sources of drinking water and and ways to sanitize hands. Uh, While the boil water notice is in effect, bottled water will be available free of charge to students and staff, reads a letter by Superintendent Eric Duda. All... The doodah day. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, um, having been uh, contracted a uh, parasite from drinking uh, filthy water, I can tell you, uh, boil your water. Here's it's not, my... It's, it's not worth going through, taking the risks. Yeah. I, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, you get all these school districts that uh, don't have enough money to buy school supplies. They, they give us the school supply list. Many of the th- times on the school supply list is, uh, yeah, could you provide paper towels and hand sanitizer and masks and all this other stuff that go along with that, which I'm fine with providing. Sure. But that means that the school doesn't have enough money to provide all that stuff. Where are you getting money for free bottled water? That's what I like to know about it. That's what I, you'd like to know about it. I was you know, wondering the same thing. I mean, even here, um, you know, because they don't have the uh, communal water uh, dispenser any longer um, although we do have a water line into the refrigerator and it would be possible to refill water bottles with that nevertheless they are providing us with bottled water and I didn't know until just this morning actually I saw the boxes of the water cases you know the, the case of water is wrapped in plastic and then the plastic case is inside a box i didn't realize we were getting them that way i thought somebody was running down to uh to big y twice a week let's say and uh buying two or three of those i didn't realize we're getting them like that i thought those were boxes of paper uh i thought they were boxes of bottles of water Hmm. In, in the kitchen yeah um maybe i looked at them wrong but either way it's kind of weird that that they're doing that like i said we have a a water line that comes out from the refrigerator. No, I can't uh, yeah, but, why can't we just get the filter? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, spending water, spending money for bottled water uh, indefinitely, uh, something's going yeah, to happen. It's, it's pricey, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know how uh, how often we change the filter of the water in the fridge either. Well, well gee, I don't know. Uh, 
considering the mold in the basement. <laughs> well, that's yeah. just it. I, uh, I'm just not so sure we're doing that regularly. The uh, it just goes to show you though how much the water service was. Because oh, listen, you we- wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't. If it was more expensive than the the guy bringing the five gallon thing of water, uh, yeah, I think they would in a pandemic. They they'd have to make some kind. Yes, of- but that that water bottle thing just started back in December. That wasn't going oh, on really? the entire time. Oh, no. okay. When I the contract was up for the water thing, then they then they decided to start getting cases of water. Oh, okay. Well, maybe because the maybe because those those companies. That had those were like, hey, you know what? We can start doubling our prices because yeah. people don't want to be drinking out of the same uh, container. Well, who knows what their mindset was? A uh, suspect in the stabbing death of a man whose body was found in a storage unit in Massachusetts, where he had apparently been living, has been apprehended in Virginia. Remember, we didn't know what happened to this guy the right. other day. Right. The 28-year-old suspect was arrested in Charlottesville, Virginia, on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Afternoon on the charge of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, according to a statement from the office of Worcester DA Joe Early Jr. He is charged in connection with the death of Paul Weaver, 54, who was found dead in a Milford storage locker on August 17th. Uh, Lindsay Corcoran, a spokesman for the DA, told the Telegram and Gazette she could not comment on how Weaver and the suspect were connected or what led investigators to the suspect. Because you're the DA's office. Why would you know any of those details? Well, it's the most important detail. The death the, remains under investigation. It must be people from the West Springfield Police and the Enfield Police going yeah, on. Over yeah. There. Well, no, because at least they told us that the guy lived in the thing. Somebody uh, tagged us on Facebook this morning about a picture uh, about detail. You know how we're always talking about details? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is uh, from some news station. I believe it's 11. WPIX in New York. It says dentist assault suspect, and then they show a picture of the man, and then underneath it says first name and last name. So it's the it's the uh, what do you call that? The template for when the the, the guy on oh, the yeah. TV yeah. is doing it, it instead in. of filling right. in the name, it just says first name last name. <laughs> well, maybe first name is his first name, and his last name is last name. Yeah, Charles. His brother is Charles Last, and uh, um, and, and he's uh, just in that family. I don't think that's the way that goes. Uh, I think there's just people who don't pay attention to detail most yeah. of the time. And that's I'm, what... I'm looking at the picture now, Steve. I think, I think maybe that is the guy's name. First name, last name. Could be. Yep. He was the firstborn member of the Last family. Yeah. His brother. Second mid- last. Middle, middle name, <laughs> last name. <laughs> A uh, 25-year-old man in India recently died after he didn't have a condom and decided to use industrial-strength epoxy as protection oh instead. Oh, my gosh. He, he died? He died. What about her? Uh, she's fine. Uh, he and his girlfriend were also sniffing it to get high, so they obviously weren't thinking very clearly. This all happened back well, in June when we're hearing about it now. Where, where was it at the moment of sniffing? I don't know. (laughs) He died at a hospital of multiple organ failure. It's not clear if the glue seeped into his bloodstream or what. How many organs did he have the condom on? You know, it's possible. It may may not have even gotten to the point where he was sharing the use of it. It could have been burning his skin the moment he put it on. I never saw that in the crazy glue commercial, like with the guy... uh, With the construction, the construction hat, on. hat on, gluing himself to <laughs> yeah. the I-beam. Uh, yeah. Legs yeah. going all akimbo. Is, yeah. is that what you do here? Like, 
the country's gotten crazy. Crazy to cla- crazy for crazy glue. <laughs> yeah, crazy condoms. <laughs> that is, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a cautionary tale, though. It's not really safe sex if you have to glue your penis shut. No, you know? no probably not. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be hot, hazy, and humid, and a high of 93. More of the same for tomorrow. With a high of 89, it is 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. This is all brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted now at every Big Y Express. And that's your Fogbuster forecast. Stop by O'Reilly today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. In the mood for some premium soft serve ice cream? Get down to the whiskey. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 752 and ACDC in Rock 102. Another uh, hot one today. Heat advisory in effect. Uh, uh, sunny, hot, humid, chance of an afternoon thunderstorm uh, with a high of 94. The The record is 96. And right now in downtown Springfield, it's already 75 degrees. Hamden County DA Anthony Galuni will be on the phone with us in just a few minutes. He has moved his entire staff from the courthouse because of poor conditions and uh, we've been talking about this for years, and he's finally acting uh, aggressively to maybe uh, move this project along a little bit. We'll be talking to him just after eight o'clock. Um, uh, what do I what do I want to call him now? I I can't stand these hybrid names that that people make for other people. Uh, I'm watching the Today Show, they're doing a story uh, about Scott Peterson, Natalie Morales is now their Los Angeles uh, correspondent. Yeah. And she's doing the story. And uh, and Craig Melvin, the, the host back in New York, says, uh, uh, we now turn to our uh, awake, very early reporter, uh, Natalie Morales. What do you what do you got lately out there, Natmo? Oh, they're not doing that. Natmo. Natalie Morales becomes <sighs> Natmo. I, I just, and, and Savannah Guthrie somehow became SG. They they decide to just start using uh, na- uh, abbreviations, but and Natmo, no, please, no, she's uh, listen. I like Natalie Morales way too much to be just calling her by nicknames. I want <sighs> if I'm going to say her name out. I'm screaming it on the mountaintops. I just I don't I don't understand why. You know, it's like I doubt she came up with that. Nobody nobody's going to say, hey, call me Natmo. Well, you know, as uh, someone who's gone through his entire life using uh, only a portion of his last name as a moniker, uh, you know, it's hard for me to say that uh, mm. it's either appropriate or not. I, you know, I didn't come up with it on my own. Well, someone, someone started calling me that, and it stuck. And some of them are, are obvious. I mean, for some reason in my adult life, uh, people stopped calling me Obi. That, when I was a kid, was constantly my name. I know someone my own age who who also has uh, an apostrophe in his last name and and it starts with an o and people call him by those two letters but for some reason I lost obi uh, years ago right um but the idea of of first of all most people don't nickname themselves george did it when he wanted to be called t-bone and unfortunately that went south well they already quickly. had a t-bone I, that's the problem so then they have to start calling him coco the or, monkey or gammy yeah yeah, Coco. Monkey was all right. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, you get to a certain age where, like, nicknames are just not what they are. I mean, when I introduced myself, 
I mean, unless I'm in a professional setting, mm-hmm. I rarely go by backs. If I'm meeting you for the first time, I'm probably going to introduce to myself as Mike or Michael or that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily just toss it right out there because Mike and Michael is technically my uh, my real name. People actually sometimes use that. Yes, and Bax and O'Brien is technically two names. So yes. when someone so, sees me somewhere and walks by and goes, hey, it's Bax and O'Brien. Nope, just, just O'Brien. That just happened last yeah. night. <laughs> just, I'm like, uh, no. And then, oh, and within five minutes, another person says, hey, Bax. And I'm like, you know, you had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> and it's not like we're new. I, uh, I'm trying to remember where where I was. I think uh, I was somewhere where somebody was doing something, uh, you know, like some sort of service type of thing. Mm-hmm. And a guy very discreetly, and I actually appreciated this. He said, are you who I think you are? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you for not drawing undue attention as opposed to screaming, hey, everybody, look who this is. Yeah. Unfortunately, he thought you were some molester. No, no, uh, no. that he, had been arrested. He knew exactly who I was. He just didn't want to draw, you know, everyone's focus yeah. on the fact that all right, I'm in I'm in a room with you. On the other hand, how many years did it take Channel Twenty Two to stop calling me Jonathan O'Brien? <laughs> I don't know. I think they figured it out the moment we. They also figured out the Brenda Garten drinking games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe about that same time. Yeah. It's uh, 7.57 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Save yourself 30% on all... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.09 in Guns N' Roses on Rock 102. Uh, heat advisory today, going to be up to 94. It's going to feel a lot hotter than that, and there might be an afternoon thunderstorm. It's 75 already in downtown Springfield. As uh, you've heard many, many times, the uh, the courthouse in downtown Springfield is, is a, a dump. S- it's a dump. It's a sloppy, disgusting mess. And we're not the only ones talking about that. Uh, on the phone is right now, Hamden uh, DA, Anthony Galooning. Good morning, uh, Anthony. How you doing? I'm well. Good morning, guys. Hamden County DA. Do you get? Do you correct people when they call you the Hamden DA? No, we had this discussion. Hamden DA is the is the uh, appropriate title. Oh, oh, we already talked about it. Then never mind. Um, Back is right as usual. Of course. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, listen to that. There you go. So, um, first of all, I didn't even realize the DA's office had offices in Tower Square. But um, so yesterday, you decided this is it. This is enough. Let's go. We're getting out of here. Uh, turns out the Hamden Registrar of Deeds, uh, Cheryl Coakley Rivera, did the same thing with her staff. But what was it? Was was there something yesterday that happened that just made you snap? Yeah, there was a tipping point, and that was uh, we attempted to start a trial in the Superior Court up on the third floor of the courthouse, and that trial was beginning, and the judges and parties realized there was substantial mold uh, on the walls of the courthouse and in other places or the courtroom. They moved to another courtroom uh, and the judge, I think, made a wise decision by saying, we're not going to continue in here. I'm not going to expose anybody or members of the public to this. So then, of course, came back to me and there was growing concern among my staff. And this is on top of years, if not decades of issues, visible mold, health issues and complaints by folks who work there. Obviously, the tragedies with Judge Coomer and Judge Boyle. 
Um, so it just, it reached a, a crisis moment in my mind and I just did not feel comfortable leaving members of my staff, people who trust me in an environment that I think is unquestionably unhealthy and, un, and, and unclean. You know, so it, it's, it's in, a decision it, to get folks out. It, it's interesting that this, that this happens, you know, uh, you know, yesterday because, you know, the reports just the other day of, you know, mold issues also happening at the Eastfield mall. It just, I mean, I'm sure they're totally unrelated uh, incidents because obviously the courthouses have had problems for years, but I mean, it, it, it must put all of you in a, in a, in a real tough spot. It does. And you know, this is, this is tough work to begin with, but when you're dealing with infrastructure issues and unsafe conditions in the building in which you have to work and try to meet out criminal justice, it, it makes it a lot harder. So the issue with the Eastfield mall is, is as I understand it, isolated and small, obviously relative to the expansive issues within that courthouse, which really reaches every corner of that structure. So, so when, you know, we'll deal with the, the mall stuff. The courthouse is really the focus. So when you mention, you know, a judge decides this trial that was supposed to begin is not going to happen in this room and you go to another one and he says, oh, it's not going to happen here either. Can a judge order the building abandoned or, or to stop using it and then deal with the trial court down the road? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that the judges who are in the building and the leadership in the building, you know, is obviously going to consult with the trial court in Boston. And, you know, I have the luxury in a sense of being an independent elected official. And I made the decision that the folks who work for me, the people under my control are, are not going to expose themselves to a, to a, to a poor building like that. So I think first and foremost, I wanted to protect the people who work in the building, but we did the, the little press conference outside the courthouse, and there were dozens of other courthouse employees who don't work for me, who were clearly there in support, who talked to reporters afterwards. This is a situation that's really been uncomfortable and unfair for a very long time for people who work hard on behalf of the public and just want to go to work and to feel uncomfortable and unsafe in your own workspace is just wrong. So, so I get it the then. was highlighting this issue. So I get it. You and Cheryl are able to do that because, as you said, you're independent, you're elected. If the judges or the court officers or the public defenders all decided to walk out with you, would they be in violation of, of some kind of rules? Well, it depends. I mean, if there's an ongoing trial or the court is, is calling for a, a particular litigant, that person could be held in contempt of court in the most extreme circumstances. But, you know, where there's there's strength in numbers, right? And um, I, I think this brought some attention to it. And I think, and I know that there's been some movement uh, among leadership about dealing with this situation, at least in the immediate term. As you guys might know, the courthouse is closed today and tomorrow, at least for a thorough and professional cleaning. And I'm going to continue to work on a permanent solution. You know, I, I just reached a moment where I said enough is enough. This is this has gone on too long. So I'm hopeful that there's an immediate solution and then a permanent one where we get a new courthouse where that place is just turned upside down. This is uh, Hamden DA Anthony Galuni on the phone. So we, we've talked to you about this before, and we've been talking about this for years. When you're talking about a permanent solution, obviously the state of Massachusetts has got to pony up a good deal of this. It's uh, it really is on them to make this happen. And even though those discussions have gone on for an awful long period of time, there seems to be great resistance to do anything about it. So, you know, what has been, 
have, I mean, have you personally had conversations with anyone in Boston about making this happen? I have. Um, I think the issue, Mike, that you're talking about is, is one of regional equity, which we experience a lot in Western Massachusetts. We don't get our just desserts. We don't get the attention that we would get if we were 60 or 70 miles east. I said it yesterday in response to a question. This would, we wouldn't be standing here if we were 70 miles east and closer to Boston. We would have had a new courthouse. The you would, Anthony, you would have had two new courthouses by then. They would well, have probably, they would have replaced yeah, the probably. one you would have replaced it with. Probably, and that's 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 you know there's been good efforts by legislators. There's been people who have put earnest efforts forward, but it's just sort of out of sight, out of mind in Western Massachusetts, and we see it in a lot of different ways. And what is it, the busiest or the second busiest court in the state? Usually the busiest. The, the Springfield bu- District Court is one or two every year, and then our Superior Court is is one, two, or three every year as well. So when you combine everything. There's really no one busier than we are. So when, you need a building that is safe, is secure, and is clean. We deserve that. When they when they decided to stop using the federal building, um, and and I don't know what the occupancy is right now. I don't know what the renovations were. I know you know you had courtrooms, you had holding areas, you had sally ports that that were all available. Has that place been renovated to the point where all of those things are gone, or is it 100% uh, rented and you would not be able to go back there? I mean, the answers to those two questions I'm not certain of. I know the, the city's school department is there, and they've got a lot of space. I know it's rented to other people. So I'm sure there's been significant changes, and it wouldn't be just going in there and everything would be fine. We've got upwards, guys, of like, 15 courtrooms in that building, and I'm just thinking for criminal and civil purposes. You've obviously got the probate and family court up on the on the fourth floor. There, there's there's a lot that goes on there. There's a lot of employees that people don't really realize. It's going to be a logistical um, issue to figure out how we do it if a new courthouse is built. But it's been done before, been done in big cities. It can be done, and it needs to be done. Do you, uh, is obviously your preference is to keep the courthouse in Springfield. Is that safe to say? Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, well, it, it serves the Springfield District Court, and it serves as the, the, the county's main courthouse. So I think it, it only makes sense to be in the downtown Springfield area. Ideally, we're on that space. I mean, there would have to be a movement, you know, obviously tear down that building, rebuild, which would be a process of years. But that might make some sense. But, you know, those, those are decisions above my head. I just think we need and this community needs. You guys know what happens in that courthouse. People go there for all manner of things. Yeah. So this community deserves a clean and serviceable courthouse. I think it should be moved to Hamden. You know, Hamden hardware has been empty for years. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could exactly. easily put it right over there. <laughs> I think you need a little bit more space plenty than of, that. Plenty of parking. and uh, right, But right. but it is it is curious because like other people have said in this article I read this morning in Mass Live, okay, you're going to have the mold professionally cleaned. That's one problem. There are many other problems. There are still other safety issues that people will be working around on a daily basis. And and what you did yesterday was pretty rash, but I guess uh, for lack of a better phrase, can something rasher be done immediately to say, we don't want to go back into that building under any circumstances? Well, I think, um, you know, wisdom would dictate, let's wait and see what happens with this round of cleaning. You're right. John, there's there's other issues there. The mold is is probably going to come back. It's a result of the atmosphere there. But if the trial court, who owns and runs that building, 
does the right thing, stays on top of it, and we see real, you know, demonstrable movement towards a permanent solution in the next couple of weeks or month or so, then, you know, I think everybody should say, okay, this is moving in the right direction. What is before anything else is done? What is the trial court? Is this a a panel of people? Are they appointed by whom? What is that exactly? The trial court is a hundreds of millions of dollar organization per year, obviously funded by by taxpayer money through a budget uh, created by the legislature. It's ultimately run by uh, appointed judges who take positions as executives to take on administrative functions, running the trial court. And it's probably dozens, if not hundreds of buildings and, and so forth across the state. It employs thousands of people People who work in the probation department are members of the trial court. All the judges are members of the trial court. Clerk's offices are trial court employees. So it's a huge organization that the public probably doesn't understand. And again, it's run by executive judges who are or were appointed many, many years ago by a governor and through that arcane process and now take on huge responsibilities. And they do their best. And it's, it's, it's a big responsibility. But um, that's what the trial court is. It's a state agency, effectively. And a portion of them are the ones who decide where the money gets spent, what gets fixed, what gets replaced, what gets created. They're the ones who make that decision. Correct. There's some civilians who are hired by the, the trial court judges, the executive judges, and then there's, again, appointed judges who make all these very important decisions, including what is done with infrastructure, including the Springfield Courthouse Complex. You know, you have to wonder, even if you go through the building and, and you, you clean it up, you do as much mold abatement as, as you can possibly do, what kind of structural damage is still, you know, in the ventilation system? You know, what's still in the heating system? What's still, you know, you know in the walls? What, what, what remains even after a good scrubbing? It's like you're, you're, you're basically what, how I see this is, you're basically shining a light on what is essentially a, an overdue emergency situation, you know, that the people have gotten sick as a result of the condition of this building and it's long, it, it's, it's long overdue. And it sounds to me like trying to keep a building like this operational long-term would be a hell of a lot more expensive than just building a brand new one. I think you're right. And, and what I, I did finally, really through frustration over watching all this happen over years and get worse and worse and worse, was to try to start a process and shine a light on this issue. God only knows what, what is in the environment there, in the walls or ceilings or whatever. I'm hopeful it's not that bad. I'm hopeful, really, that this company in there now will do that sort of thorough assessment and inform people, responsible people, that this is what needs to be done for this to be safe for people to be in. So that is the Band-Aid, the, the, the permanent fix, because you're right, it's untenable going forward. Long term, this building, in my opinion, is not appropriate to handle the business of this county in this region. So let's move forward towards a, a permanent change in the form of a new courthouse. But temporarily, we've got to believe that this is going to be cleaned thoroughly and it's going to be safe. Because, you know, the, the other side of this, guys, and I talked about this yesterday, is the stuff that happens in that courthouse every day is really important. For individuals, for communities, the work that we do for public safety is really important. We got to keep moving. You know, that's that wasn't lost on me yesterday. And my role in public safety is going to continue. My staff is going to keep, you know, forging ahead. 
for public safety for the communities in Hamden County. To, but we got to first and foremost make sure people are safe when they go to work. To just get back to the trial court for a minute, because uh, Cheryl Coakley uh, Rivera is even saying, you know what, I'm done with the trial court. This needs to go to the governor. You mentioned uh, an executive group within the trial court who make the decisions of infrastructure. How many of those members are from Western Massachusetts, if any? As far as I know, zero. Uh, okay, well, maybe it's time to also get and, the governor and, and so to reappoint let me, let me different people. I, well, I've got to qualify that they're, they're good people. I deal with them a lot. I think they're genuinely concerned, but obviously better decisions need to be made. And I have made phone calls in the last just couple days, and I believe the ball is rolling right now for a permanent solution. Obviously, the ball is rolling for some change there. The courthouse is closed. There's been a response. Let's just hope that this is a turning point. Yeah, hope so. I hope so. Uh, Hamden DA, Anthony Galuni, good to talk to you. Best of luck with this. All right, thank you, guys. All right, we'll talk to you soon. It's uh, 824 with Baxon O'Brien to Rock 102. Her- 26 of Baxon O'Brien to Rock 102. Hey, you hear uh, OnlyFan reverse their uh, uh, no more porn decision? They're going to allow porn to yeah. continue? Yeah. Thank, thank goodness. They, well, they came to realize, I think, that uh, even though the banks are saying, you know, we really don't want to be involved with this, and, you know, Visa, MasterCard, those companies are also kind of doing that as well. Um, the people who make porn make a lot of money, and and they kind of went to them and said, you know, look, you, look at what you're doing here. You're putting us out of work. You're putting us out of, at, a, at a disadvantage, and they, they reversed their decision. They're going to go back with the porn, and it's incredible. They had this article I read yesterday had listed like a number of these porn creators, not mm-hmm. necessarily participants, but the creators, and the amount of money that they make is just mind blowing. It was funny because uh, before this decision was made to reverse, mm-hmm. to go back to the uh, the porn thing, yeah. The Onion ran a headline last week that said OnlyFans CEO admits decision to ban pornography was made in shame-filled moment after orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> and it came true. It's yeah. true. There yeah. you go. Yeah. It's uh, 828 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. The McDonald's breakfast is too good to speak deal. Sounds a lot like... Mm. With Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. <laughs> you know, Steve, since you said this uh, uh, just about three minutes ago, mm-hmm. I have not stopped thinking about it. The shame-filled moment after <laughs> orgasm. Right. I re- Do you remember those when you were younger? And uh, your life was an open book? No, but, you know, when you were younger and, and you, there was that there was that brief maybe not even a moment. Well, yeah, longer than a moment, maybe a minute. You remember that? Of shame? Yeah. No, I never had shame. Yeah, there was. It was just this feeling that you had after it. Well, that's uh, the common feeling among uh, most internet users, where they're like, you know, in the midst of watching porn, you're like, yeah, you dirty girl, and then all of a sudden you uh, come to completion, and you're like, oh my god, you're disgusting. Why would you do something like that. <laughs> but, but I'm, okay, I, I think uh, I think we're a little bit different here. So never mind. 
I never had uh, so much shame. Uh, I, 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 never, sh- I never felt ashamed of shame's myself. Not, yeah, shame's not even the right word. I, I can't think of the right word. A feeling of emptiness. Self, <laughs> self-loathing, <laughs> yeah. perhaps. Uh, loneliness. I'm maybe, not sure. Maybe you should have rethought your life choices. Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe Or maybe well, you were ashamed of the choices you had on the internet screen. Yeah. yeah First of all, opposed. I'm talking about when I was like 13, 14 years old. There was no internet back then. All right. So when you bought you, you borrowed your mother's uh, you know uh, you, you red book or uh, Victoria's Secret catalog, mm-hmm. you know that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Glamour. Yeah. Glamour. That'll send you. Yeah, you're damn yeah. right. A uh, 34-year-old Holyoke man was arrested on multiple charges after he tried to evade police by ramming several cruisers and later running away on foot. Jose Antonio Feliciano was arrested on a warrant around 9.30 a.m. on Tuesday and charged additionally with multiple offenses, including assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, failure to stop for police, carrying a firearm without a license, and possession of a firearm during a felony. And cruelty to animals well, because his, uh, his eye vision dog was left in the car. Yeah, Jose Feliciano, who uh, is blind. Mm-hmm. He's Navidad. Meow, 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 meow. Feliz Navidad. Meow, 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 meow. Feliz Navidad. I still don't know the, the words of song. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. I still don't know the words to the song. Yeah, you can't uh, expect. I want to wish oh, you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh-huh. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. How could you turn your nose up at a ditty like that, John? Well, uh, because I've heard it already. And uh, secondly, um, it sucks. It's, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see where you get off saying that our interpretation well, of a classic Christmas first song of all, from Jose Feliciano it, sucks. It wasn't your interpretation. I meant the song sucks. Secondly, I don't want to be thinking about Christmas in August, which I have to do now on a daily basis because there's some Christmas show at MGM that is now being advertised on that big, uh, that big marquee that faces 91. I can't believe. I'm still trying to get into the idea that all of the Halloween stuff is out now in the stores. Yes. And, you know, look, I get it. Everything is out two months before the event. It's it's the three-month mark that really gets me. You know, I mean, I started seeing some of this candy, I wouldn't say at the end of July, but very early in August. And, 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 uh, and there are snowblowers on the floor at some of the big box stores, it's not going to snow for at least three months. No, but if you get, if you get people thinking about it, mm. then they'll say, hey, you know what? I could use a snowblower right now. Yeah. I know it's only uh, August, but we could use this. Do you, do you remember when you were a Boy Scout in your youth and their motto was be prepared? Nah, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. prepare yourself. It's not about being prepared. It's about uh, the, the companies that are selling this stuff trying to get it out there. And don't get me wrong, I love seeing the lawnmowers out there in March, or, or February, rather, but uh, yeah, not when it turns around to this side of the year. Feliciano was approached by two Holyoke detectives and refused to comply with their orders. He then rammed several law enforcement vehicles around him to escape. Uh, Feliciano was eventually able to accelerate his vehicle to the point where he fled at a fled the area at a high rate of speed with no regard for the safety of the public, according to Captain Moriarty. 
But he as is. we discussed earlier, how do you know? Yeah, he doesn't know that. The man may have been very concerned with the public. Where's uh, Where's Jim Albert? I don't know. He doesn't seem to be the spokesperson anymore. I wonder anymore. if they took him away from that job because of what I was doing with his oh, I would hope not. Uh, and I doubt it was because of anything he put on his Facebook page. When it, yeah, that's to, the other when it comes to replacing police spokesmen, that could also be an issue. Yeah, I never met Jim Albert, so I don't know how old he is. I mean, mm. could he have retired? He could have. He could have. He could have retired. He could have. Uh, it was Lieutenant Jim Albert. He could yeah. have been promoted. Uh, to captain, yeah. he, he could be uh, on another shift. You know, there's any any number of uh, things that could have well, happened. If he retired, I would be very upset that I wasn't invited to the party where I could do that very Oh, right thing. to his face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Hey, 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 Lieutenant Jim Albert. Is retired today. Yeah. Hey, 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 somebody's <laughs> retiring today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they also didn't get lose their job because they were writing bad stuff on Facebook. <laughs> Like they do over in Chicopee. <laughs> Wilk, Wilk, you got no class. You got school in July. Springfield City Councilors say Eversource owes the city of Springfield millions of dollars in personal property taxes and interest charges. We should turn off their power. We should. That's according to a statement issued by City Councilors Tim Allen and Mike Fenton. They said Eversource owes the city of Springfield nearly $44 million in personal property taxes and interest charges. The counselors say this is a result of Eversource allegedly not paying its personal property taxes in full for most of the last decade. So if it was going on for a decade, why didn't anybody jump on this? Yeah, I I never understand how these things accumulate to such a level. That was, um, you remember when Belize Auto went through this with the excise tax on the vehicles? No. This was going back probably about 10 years ago where they wanted... Police auto to pay for the excise tax for every vehicle that they had in the lot because technically any dealer plate that goes on a vehicle would be considered a taxable item, and it 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 got resolved at it, really it got resolved. But it was like if this was going on for so long, why are you just talking about it ten years after the fact? And now you're telling somebody that they owe millions of dollars. In back taxes. I don't know. I know that if I weren't paying my taxes for a period of 10 years, uh, the government would probably uh, seize everything I own and put me in jail. They would probably do that after the first year of you not paying the taxes. I don't know why I just don't remember Eversource even being around for 10 years. Wasn't it? Who who was it before? Was it was it Bay State Gas? Uh, Were they one of the ones? Uh, Columbia Gas was the or Western Columbia. Mass Electric? Western Mass Electric. That was yeah. the one before that. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, Eversource, I thought, was basically a newer entity for us anyway. I mean, it might have been around, uh, the company itself might have been around for a while, but for us in Western Massachusetts, I, I didn't I didn't even know it was around for 10 years. It just uh, seems like nobody's paying attention. Or it's another bill, or it's a business that has been around forever and that changed its name 10 years ago. I, I don't know. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how. You go on not paying. You referred to it as personal property tax. Um, I, I don't know how you get away with not paying it for that long. What exactly is that? I don't know. That's when you said it. It kind of struck me as a little odd, and I have no idea what it means. It was uh, formerly Northeast Utilities. Oh well, okay. Yeah. All right, there you go. And it's a uh, it's a Fortune 500 company. Mm. Uh, so you would think that if that's the case. 
they probably could find a way to pay your taxes. Well, you also wonder how many other places have they not paid their taxes to. Good point. Yeah. I'd really like to know what personal taxes is. Personal, like personal property, pro- personal tax. property is it for that, a business. Maybe that's like the trucks or something. Yeah, and they've been around since 1966. Well, that's why I, that. I said you know in this area, or it might be another name for a pre-existing, and that's what it was. Northeast Utilities, right? Uh, Canada has ended evacuations from Kabul's airport as the clock ticks down on dramatic Western efforts to help people flee the Taliban takeover ahead of the full American withdrawal. Canadian uh, General Wayne Ear. The uh, country's acting chief of defense staff said all the other countries have to leave the airport before the Americans can wrap up their mission. General Ear? General Ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cana- Canadian military flights evacuated about 3,700 people. He says that Canada has stayed in Afghanistan for as long as we could and is among the last to end the evacuation operations. He added that it's truly heartbreaking that the evacuations couldn't continue, but the circumstances on the ground rapidly deteriorated. It's a it's amazing sometimes to see some of these uh, network news guys and the the balls on them. Uh, I, I can remember. Well, now I can't remember who did it, but I can remember. Uh, oh, it was John Miller. John Miller from ABC, I think, was the first guy who got to sit in a tent and interview Osama bin Laden. And you know, he was surrounded by Al Qaeda and and Taliban uh, fighters. And you're in there. You know, you're asking these questions. There's obviously two interpreters there, and and you got to think at some point they're asking a question where the interpreter's kind of like, I, I don't want to ask that. <laughs> you know, you're making me have to repeat that. Well, Richard Engel uh, on NBC News was doing it last night with the leader of the Taliban in Afghanistan, and uh, at the end of the interview, first of all, the guy from the Taliban is saying, you know, that they don't believe that Osama bin Laden was responsible for 9-11, and they don't believe that the Taliban uh, ever should have been at war, that the U.S. attack 20 years ago was was all uh, for fake stuff. But he's got this, like, really dour, serious look. And you could see these other Taliban guys standing around with guns. And, I mean, here's Richard Engel and a cameraman, probably. That's probably the only two people in the room other than all the others with guns and and you're asking these kinds of questions, man. I would be I would be nervous. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't think I'd want to be a reporter at that level. Oh God, no. Even even if the pay is really good. Oh, I'm I think sure I'd, the I'd, pay is great. I think I'd say no, thank you. You know, and this guy travels all over the world. And you know, you've seen enough uh, episodes of say like Homeland to know that he didn't just uh, you know drive himself to the tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was probably blindfolded, stuffed in a car. Driven miles away, and then uh, the head, the, the hood doesn't come off until he's actually sitting down, right, right with the guy from the Taliban, because they don't want to give up, you know, location information. Yeah, possibly. Because I base all of that uh, my knowledge on diplomacy, based on homeland. Yeah, well, it's a smart thing to do. Yes. Cruise companies are adapting to a changing landscape amid a rise in COVID-19 cases that is threatening to dampen the industry's comeback. Cruise lines have detected infections among vaccinated crew members and passengers, including a recent case in an elderly traveler that resulted in death. The U.S. CDC and P has uh, changed its recommendations on travel and mask use. 
The agency advises travelers who are at a higher risk of severe COVID-19 illness to avoid cruises altogether. It also recommends that they provide both proof of a vaccine and a recent negative test. I heard an interesting argument uh, on behalf of the cruise industry a week ago or so about this. And it made a little bit of sense. They said being on a cruise ship is probably the safest place you can be because if you're vacationing at a resort or a hotel, those people are changing every day. Those are different people every day. If you have a cruise ship of, of 1,800 or 2,200 people who've all either shown vaccination cards or passed uh, COVID tests, they're the same people that you're going to be seeing every day. So I, I thought it was, it was an interesting argument. Argument. I wouldn't get on a cruise ship right now, but uh, because you think of them as as petri dishes but yeah. but i did think that was an interesting argument in the uh, good old days all you had to worry about was a good old about a rotovirus yeah well this is another virus you got your rotovirus <laughs> virus virus you got your influenza <laughs> and your measles mumps rubella <laughs> Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but singing Jose Feliciano is annoying. <laughs> if both of your ankles are still intact, you probably haven't tried the milk crate challenge just yet. Uh, but now TikTok has gone on the record telling people not to do it. So soon? In case you haven't heard, the milk crate challenge is the new dangerous TikTok trend that's been going viral. You stack milk crates at various heights and you try to walk across them. The middle one is seven crates high, so it's a long way to fall. And most people do fall. The hashtag Milk Crate Challenge was trending this week, but now TikTok has banned it, and they're scrubbing all those videos from their platform. I'm going to tell you, the broken ankle is the least of your problems. The people that the one video I saw, which was a a, com, a compilation of many many different people doing it, um, the landing—it's not a soft landing. You're even if you're in the grass, you're landing on other milk crates. Well, you're 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 falling. Because of a lack of balance, yeah, yeah, and yeah. If, if you're, you know, if you've ever done any stunt work, and I've done, I've done, you know, more than my share. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there are certain ways in which you fall to avoid serious injury. Yeah, you're, when you're going to fall on the ground. Yeah, but when you're falling on other milk crates, that hurts. Yeah, I, I just, uh Yeah, but it's not even just the milk crate challenge. A lot of these people are are doing these TikTok videos. They get to that top level. And then they do something. Like, there's an activity involved. Like, I saw a, a one guy the other day with a beer funnel. You yeah. know, you know, he's got, you know, he's at the top. He's putting the beer in the funnel. He's got his thumb on the, uh, on the hose. You know, sucks down a few. And then, you know, walks down the rest of it. And uh, most of the time, he doesn't quite make it. Yeah. It's like, that, that, that is like it's, it's one thing to do it sober. It's another thing to do it irresponsibly. But it's. But it's interesting for TikTok to remove it because, you know, we talked about this kind of stuff during the Olympics. When you, when you watch the skateboarding and, and you think to yourself, how many times do you fall until you reach the point of being good enough to be in the Olympics? I'm sure that there are thousands and thousands of skateboarding videos on YouTube or TikTok where people fell yeah i mean those are the ones that are the most fun to watch and at what point do you stop do you say okay we're not going to allow these videos anymore because of the potential for for injury but the the difference the difference is is that the this uh this milk crate challenge 
is forcing people to do it. In a case like the uh, the, the skateboarding videos, it's not a challenge that they're uh, they're giving you. Yeah, they're, well, but it's also not anybody. Nobody's being forced to do this. No, no, no. I understand that, but but it's like it, it like any of these challenges that have gone on. It's it's inviting somebody to do better, whether it be uh, you know the Tide Pod challenge. Or you know you, you eat all that uh, you, you put a bunch of cinnamon in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, th- there's there's all these challenges that you know have turned up to be you know, you know dangerous and you know, you know led to emergency room. Visits. So what? You change the word? You well, stop using the word challenge? So uh, the statement TikTok released says they prohibit content that promotes or glorifies dangerous acts, and they encourage people to quote exercise caution in their behavior, whether online or off. Of course. Trends like that, like Back just said, help TikTok get popular to begin with. And uh, some people don't think they're doing enough to squash them. Yeah, but again, you know, don't act, don't participate in activities where you can get hurt. What about the skateboard videos? Um, but I don't think a lot of people are imitating those. Mm. There, are, there are, are some people that are going to look at someone, you know, doing uh, like a trick on a skateboard, you know. Mm-hmm. Gliding down a ba- a, a banister outside uh, or, or whatever, any number of things, but those aren't necessarily the these the viral challenges that but have again, gotten people hurt. It's the use of the word challenge. No, apparently. I don't. I don't think it's the challenge. It's the invit. It, it is the unspoken invitation for somebody else to do better, and it invites people to to try these things, you know, recklessly. Skateboard videos, you know, uh, bicycling videos. It's it it it's inherently not the same type of viral situation. It's different. Eh, I, don't I, know. I don't know that challenge thing. I think you're onto something there because that they're listing these things. This is the same platform that brought us the Tide Pod Challenge and the COVID Challenge. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying where it's, people it's walk not, around licking stuff. It's not just the wording that's the issue. There's a lot of viral videos. Of people doing things that are not about a challenge, but they do invite people to try and interpret the the same thing. Some of these things are 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 dangerous. Most of them are not, but it's it's not always about a challenge that gets something to turn viral. Well, I, again, I still don't know how you choose certain activities that have a potential danger over others to say we're not going to allow these on our platform any longer. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 94. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 90. It's 75 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Visit the 99 restaurants the day 